When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Jamie and Stephen here from 20 Minute Tims. And how does the offer of free beer sound to you? Good. It sounds good. You like yeah, that, Stephen? Yeah, I, as, a, as a loyal listener to the show, we'd like to reward you with just that free beer. Thanks to our friends at Beer52.com You have the opportunity to sip 8 free exclusive craft beers from around the world All you need to do is go to Beer52.com slash Tims, T-I-M-S And cover just 4 95 for postage As an added bonus for 20 Minute Tims listeners Stephen, Beer52 are giving us 2 extra beers So that's oh. 10 beers and all you have to do is cover the postage Beer52 are craft beer pioneers They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer From the greatest small batch brewery planet earth has to offer no surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club Stephen you're sitting there very relaxed oh that's right Jamie I am currently celebrating the cup final win yesterday with a refreshing harpoon IPA a hoppy floral crisp India pale ale if like me you prefer a light beer you can personalise your selection to include only those in your box Melly you've finished one as well how would you describe it finish was absolutely delicious that's right, Melly. <laughs> <laughs> Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes are ranged from Germany to Korea, Nor- Norway to South Africa, and California to... That's really rude <laughs> To Finland <laughs> But they haven't forgotten their roots As an independent UK company Beer 52 are also passionate About the UK craft beer scene The beauty of Beer 52 Is that they don't hold you to ransom Stephen There's no lock-in You can nope, leave nope. at any time That's right In fact what you can do is Sign up Claim your free beer And then basically cancel Easy, right as, away. That. Easy, Easy as, as that Easy as that Your first box is posted out to you next day And this month will contain Beer from the USA As well as the most interesting Beer money can buy Your case will include An award-winning craft beer magazine Called Ferment which explains the themes and individual beers and you will receive a cheeky snack thrown in just to top it all off. Ten beers when there's a lot of football on over Christmas. This sounds like a cracking deal. Makes sense. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Just to claim this, you go to beer52, that's beer52.com forward slash Tim's to get your case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, as a 20-minute Tim's listener, you get an extra two unmissable beers just for signing up. That's beer52.com forward slash Tim's. Episode 210 of 20 Minute Tims. Welcome, I am your host, your stand-in host, Stephen, and with me, as always, is your friend and mine, it's Martin Melly. Melly, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Getting there. Uh, it's been quite a week, and we're going to get oh, into all it of it. sure has. Obviously, no Jamie this week. Nope. You, you won't, have, won't have heard his dulcet tones just yet, and I know what you're thinking. 
coronavirus. <laughs> and you'd be right. <laughs> no, actually, it's, it's not even as glamorous as that. Syphilis. Oh, again? <laughs> no, no, uh, Jamie, Jamie's unwell tonight, so he's, he's not with his uh, probably mumps or something. I don't know, I'm just throwing, throwing conditions at it now, <laughs> but he'll be back with us shortly. He's lucky this week, though, because we'll, we get to talk about uh, what has been an eventful old week for the sure Hoops. has. Uh, ups and downs, and we may as well start with the downs, because Celtic have been unceremoniously dumped out of Europe well, at the I last 32 stage. Since Jamie covered the Copenhagen game so well in the Tactics Board podcast, yes. why do we just not talk about it? Yeah, good call. So yeah, <laughs> go and download that. <laughs> yeah, uh, as Melly has deftly alluded to, we have had a podcast out since the game. Um, Jamie and Blair Newman sat down to talk about it on our Patreon episode, The Tactics Board. Blair Newman is a, a professional football scout and writer and tactics analyst, and he does an excellent job of um, just helping Jamie to break down exactly where it went wrong and where it went somewhat right on the night. Well, well that's, wrong. A, that's a push. <laughs> it was more the, more the first one. Um, so um, we're, we're not going to do that tonight. We're just going to basically kind of give a, an idea of how we're feeling about it because those two guys have already gone through the game in, in great detail. I would urge everyone to go and check it out if you get a chance. We're now several days after the Copenhagen debacle. And I'm going to call it a debacle. <laughs> that, <laughs> I have stamped it a debacle. How are we feeling? I've been through seven stages, yeah. so <laughs> I tried to watch the game again, but I got hmm. to the second half and they scored and I just turned it off. I'm first half's alright, yeah. go back and watch the first half all you want, because Celtic had chances in it, at Decent. least. Decent, but yeah. as soon as they let in that goal, I thought, I can't do this. Mm. I've, I've watched the highlights, obviously, to refresh my mind, but that was just tonight. It was, after the game, I was dejected. That's exactly the word I was going to use actually because we've also had another podcast out since then because Melly the Match comes yeah. out immediately after the game and it's your instant uh, your plus guest, whoever that may be at the time, plus guest instant reaction to the game from the stadium essentially and having listened to it back, it's not even like, the clues one I was on and that was just burning hellfire <laughs> on there but this time it wasn't, it was it was defeat, yeah. it was dejection it was just, it was just it, there was a sadness in his voice. I can't remember her name. That woman said sadness in his eyes about a dog once in a tabloid. I can't remember. It was a bit like that for you. <laughs> a bit like that. Uh, it was a, what a great link that yeah, was. Brilliant. It was a disaster again. And just after the game, Friday, really, really bad. And mm. then the, the more I thought about it again, I'd, I forget about it for a bit, but then the more I thought, the angrier I get, because it was so daft, mm. so daft. And so needless because, again, it's a look, these teams in Europe, we always say we'll never overlook them. They were a decent team, but they were also a very beatable team. Oh, yeah. And again, like the Clues game earlier in the season in the Champions League qualifiers, we had it. We had it in our hands. We got back into it and then we threw it away again through all our own doing, yeah. all our own fault. And it was a good chance to get through to... Look, this competition is a decent competition. Oh, we yeah, should we is. should have beat that team going out to Senate, going out to Valencia. That's acceptable because they are remarkably better than us usually. Mm. But this team, that was a chance after doing so well to finish top in the group to get Copenhagen, get go away from home, get the good result. All you need to do is come back. Just don't lose the game. 
just drawn nil nil. Do anything but what we done, and we we couldn't do it, and we've nobody to blame but ourselves. I was watching a bit of um, the excellent Celtic fans TV during the weekend. Yes. Paul on there um, gave his reaction, and a, a feature they did was that they did you know five things that we've learned from that game, and um, well, there's obviously quite a lot to be learned from the game, but in, the, the thing that caught my eye and ear was that he said one one away is not a good result in Europe for Celtic and he rhymed off all these examples that it has yeah. happened so many and I was like you know that uh, meme of Weebay from the wire going oh <laughs> that was what I was he just rhymed off the several examples and we should be acutely aware of it as well because we talked about the Bordeaux tie yeah. as well that was exactly I mean that's a, a long time ago but there's been very recent examples of how Celtic have gone away and you think a score draw away ideal get them back home and, and just finish the job and they've not been able to do it I think the reason for that is because Celtic throughout my whole life have been an attacking team mm, yeah. there's never been a Celtic team even Martin O'Neill's team because when we went to Europe um, we get absolute beefed a lot of times away from home <laughs> but there's never been a Celtic team that I thought we're sound defensively see if we need to go and draw nil nil in a game we will do it we can't no, we've, we've no. never been able to. We've seen it. What was it? Maribor in the Champions League yeah. under Dyla. Just we didn't know how to play the game. Cluj, Cluj already yep. this season. We don't know how to play the game because we don't need to win. But I think the crowd filters down into the players and they feel that temptation to go forward. Because remember the Maribor game? We were drawn 0 0 going through. And Ronnie Dyla brought on Chris Commons. Yes. You don't need to do that. No, no, we don't. <laughs> He's the last guy to bring on. We need an <laughs> 0 draw. I know you, if you want to go for that goal, but... From 40 yards. <laughs> exactly, but at the end of the day, nothing really changes. See, if it's 0-0 and they score, we need to score. But see, if we score, they still need to score to be in the game. So you're better just being that bit sounder defensively yeah. because it would stop them getting into the game. But... Boy, oh boy, after that first half, we had a quite a good few number of good chances. They didn't really create much and you thought, second half, more of the same. We should go on to win this, maybe 1-2-0. Oh dear. Well, I feel that game management and things of that nature is the type of thing that's likely to come up again yeah. tonight when we're talking about it. We may as well start properly. We may as well look at the lineup. Obviously, there were notable inclusions Um like so, uh, the BT uh, graphic had it as Simunovic playing right back, but I obviously didn't turn out to be the case. It was it was Christopher Ayer. What did you? Th- I know it's. A, I'm, I'm going to try and think of as many ridiculously broad questions as possible <laughs> to you, But what did you think of that going in? Because it's something that's come up recently. We've been asked about it. Is Christopher Ayer a, a viable option for right back? Because I think people were quite impressed and bought too heavily into the fact that he's towards the end of a game he's capable of getting forward he's capable of getting forward going on these marauding runs and the the dangerous sort of cut out a wee bit when he's out on the, the right hand side and he can use that power to get forward but that's very different to starting a game at right back and playing there the whole game especially in Europe yeah, where yeah. the level of opposition goes up uh, severely I think that was the problem the when I first seen the lineup, I just presumed it was Elianusi in for Griffiths and he'd be up front, kind yeah. of like the Lazio game, for it be a back three and Forrest and Taylor would be wing backs. But the way it started out, it was Ayer at right back and that sort of it left us a bit, I don't know, a bit flat on that side. It left James mm. Forrest two on one all the time, so he couldn't get into the game. 
Ayer didn't really get forward, so it was more like the the Lustig sort of way we went, where Kieran Tierney would bomb up the left, the the back four would move across to make a back three when Tierney's up, and <laughs> I know, the good old days, <laughs> and uh, it'd be quite solid from there, but I could see the thinking behind it, because we haven't looked great in Europe with the three at the back, hmm. so it's probably best to go back to the four and it gives us a four it might give us a wee bit of solidity because they played two up front so it would mean I would just come inside a bit and it'd be three on two. But the first half it was fine with decent chances. The rest of the team I wasn't too I wasn't too bothered about because I would like to see El Yunusi get back into the team because he has a good player. But the risk in there is El Yunusi and Rogic in the midfield both haven't played yeah. 90 minutes in a long time and there wasn't many options on the bench to change it if we had to. We asked for some comments for tonight. Obviously, we're not the usual lineup uh, tonight, so so we thought we'd do something a wee bit different and invite comments from our patrons in the Discord chat. And what the Discord is, you'll have heard us mention it before, it's basically when you enter or upgrade to our top tier on patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims. You send a wee invite to the Discord and it's basically just a big WhatsApp group yeah. where we, we are basically just chatting about Celtic all the time, whether it's games or just in general. Um, Sometimes it gets away from Celtic. Yeah, it does. It gets messy. It's like social media, but how <laughs> social media is supposed to be without the, the poison, yeah. basically. It's like you've taken Twitter and filtered all the horribleness out. It's for good people. But anyway, we, we invited um, people to... to Sort of chat about what they what they feel should be covered tonight. Um, Fat boy sixty seven <laughs> said both Ayer and Jozo playing in the wrong side of the pitch from where they're used to. Mistake question mark. Also, should we have not gone three five two as it been working well? Jozo is going to come up tonight. Oh, yes, he is going to come up. Um, but both of them playing on the the side that they're not used to playing on. That's a good point because Ayer has been more commonly seen on the left of the defence, Jozo the right. It was the opposite this time. What I would say about that is Jozo looks equally as uncomfortable as Ayer does on the left side, having to check in on his right side all the time. There was one decent pass he actually played straight through the middle to, I think it might have been Brown or McGregor in the midfield. But other than that, it's just, it's something we've talked about before and uh, Blair and Jamie talked on the tactics board about the lack of the left-sided centre half really ideally in a 3-5-2 you would probably want a left-sided one because it opens up the pitch to more yeah. to, to different passes that simply aren't available to you if you're constantly having to check onto your right foot and it was no different for Jozo No it wasn't and it's something that you've mentioned before as well but we've seen Ayer He's just so right-footed so when he plays the Comically left, so, yeah It's uncomfortable for him Jozo didn't feel comfortable there at all, but I, I don't know why. Because out the freedom, I think Christopher Julian's got the best left foot. Yeah, he sprays a lot of passes with his left foot. So I don't know why he's not played on the <laughs> left-hand side, because he's probably the better defender as well. Yeah. So if he's the best one, he's comfortable on his left, more comfortable than the other two look. I don't know why he's not done there. And if we're playing free at the back, you're wanting your middle centre half to be, well, I would say, the defender, which is Jozo. He's not very good on the ball. And either side, you'd want Ayer and Beaton. Some yeah. players that play out. Julian plays out more than Jozo. So if it was going that way, I don't know why we don't try that. But in this formation, it just, look, <laughs> at the game, obviously, it got to half time. And I had no complaints apart no, from no. not getting the goal. We'd been unlucky. We had. 
El Yunusi had a oh, chance. Sitter. Aye. Where he should have scored. James Forrest pulled out and uh, right, had right. a chance. Stop right there. And I knew you wouldn't let me get past that <laughs> one. What was that? What was that shit? I don't know. No, James Forrest, if, you, if you're unaware of what we're talking about, I, th- I can't even think of how to describe it. He pulled out of a, a tap-in. Yeah. Now, I've never seen anyone do that before. I've seen people pull out of headers at the last second when they feel like they're not going to they're not gonna win it, so they'll duck out maybe and try and go for a throw-in, right? He <laughs> pulled out of a tap-in. And I, d- I don't know why. I don't know what went through his head. He seems... I'm not going to start throwing words around like, you know, He's a coward, he's a shite bag of that kind of stuff. Because I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Well, when I But seen he doesn't like physical contact, though, no. James Forrest. When I seen the chance of, oh, that was close, should he went for that? I had a wee look at my phone and in the, the group chat, you'd put shite bag. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that must have been a bad thing. Can I shock you? James Forrest is a shite bag, despite what I said <laughs> not 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so he should have done better with that. El Yunusi. He probably had time to take a touch take it in his right foot, mm, but maybe yeah. just put that. But it was a great run from it to start with. We had the Edward one, we had the Rogic one that hits the post. There was numerous chances, yeah. and there was no way after that first half if you'd have said to me, you're going to get beat 3-1 tonight. I'm like, no, we need no, to get somebody no. sent off or something really daft to happen. Forgetting Jozo was in the mm. pitch. And it, it just we just capitulated after that. Well, back to Jozo, the... the what we talked about before, this is a subject that's come up before, the left-sided centre-half, and what we, what we said at the time was that you know plenty of right-sided defenders do play on the left. It yeah. happens all the time. Not There's not that many left-sided centre-halves going around, which is why guys like Laporte at Man City come at such a premium. That's what everyone's after. But what tends... A good experience left <laughs> yeah. centre-half. We just get rid of one, Big Marv. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Dan O'Dea on the books. Get him, <laughs> get him in. But what, what you tend to find is that the more technically gifted player plays on the left yeah. as, as because his ability will make up for the, the lack of vision and you know, and so on. It's, it's pretty obvious. But with that in mind, is that Jozo Semenovic? Is he, is he your best, That's most not... technically gifted centre-half there? No, he's not. He's mm. definitely not. And the way we were playing, it was... It was fine, the first half, it yeah. was fine. And then to do that in the second half, we just seemed to be very open in the second half and we really didn't need to be. Now, I never want to be anything like those bigoted, bitter <laughs> monarchy lickers. <But laughs> the way they set up in Europe is better. Monarchy lickers. Sorry, just me. <laughs> the way they set up in Europe, they're accurate, so... Accurate. Comp- <laughs> they're compact, they're hard to break down. We're not, we're not, and we get really, really spooked when a yeah. team presses us. Now, we listen to the tactics uh, board, watching the game back. Copenhagen had a game plan, they had a definite plan where they would close down, they'd press at certain times, they'd set traps, they'd screen the Celtic midfielders, yeah. making it difficult for us, and they pressed us. We really, really struggle against teams that presses, and it's worrying. We've seen it against Rangers this season. We've seen it against Copenhagen, Cluj. Now I know we beat Lazio home and away, but Lazio are not a pressing team. No, no. not many Italian teams no. are, and those results were the two of the best. Yeah, two of the best results in my Celtic sporting career. But <laughs> just looking at the the games where we've been pressed now, it's a big worry because. The game management went out the window. We yeah. got ourselves back in the game, 
and then nobody thought to just take five minutes, get to the end of this game, keep this, because if they score, it's done, but if we score, it's not done, so you just don't concede, and the men- momentum was all with us, but we just... It all went apart. <laughs> it did. Now, speaking of energetic presses and midfields and midfield screening and so on, Scott Brown comes back into this game after missing the previous game and going off injured in the, the yeah. first leg of the tie. I'm I'm starting to get a wee bit concerned about the Scott Brown management this season. When Lennon got the job, my, my main concern was not that he's not a good manager, it's that I thought the, the Scott Brown thing isn't going to be managed properly going forward because yeah, they said they build the team around yes them. that that was a big concern of mine and I think that we we really saw we really saw where that can work against you this over reliance on Scott Brown now, I know everyone who's listening to this will be saying I bet you've you've got to play Scott Brown because of who he is but that's all well and good but not a twenty five percent fit Scott Brown he was clearly nowhere near it. And it, it, I think he really struggled. And I think he's 34 years old now. His uh, mobility in these games is, is going to naturally decline anyway. I'm not having a go at him over that. That's just the reality of football. He's going to start you know, sinking into being a less mobile footballer. That's that's just a fact of life. I think rushing him back in this game was a, a bit of a mistake. Now, I in no way in, intend to imply that he was the main culprit or the main issue in the, in the game. Far from it. But I think... The the playing of Scott Brown simply because he must play, and a lot of people were saying, "Hey, but he's going to want to play every game. He's 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 probably telling Lennon he's he's fully fit." The decision has to be taken out of his hands on occasion because I think it's detrimental to the team to be playing a guy who is clearly clearly unfit in such a high pressure, energetic game in a, in a midfield that's going to be relentless and moving around them. Well, I don't know if uh, if he was. What twenty? It definitely wasn't twenty five percent. Well, we only speculate. He wouldn't have played, but yeah. I, I didn't see anything from him that said he's miles off it because mm. he wasn't really miles off it. And again, if the the choice is look, you can either play Scott Brown or you can't. What's the other options? Beat on at a stretch. We've just given Beat on a new contract, man. So he's got to be he's got to be ready to make a contribution. Yeah, he is. But if Scott Brown's fit enough to play, you, you start Scott Brown because he can be one of your best players, especially with knowing Cham, no Christie. That we miss a lot of dynamism, and it's not just the football Scott bring Scott Brown brings. It's the leadership and yeah. all that he can he can see us through these games. Now, if we'd have got through that nil nil, Scott Brown, great decision to play him. Scott Brown didn't contribute in the downfall of Celtic, I don't think, in that game. But maybe, yes, he wasn't fully fit, but he played a full game on Sunday as well, so he couldn't have been that far off it, especially in that pitch on Sunday as well. But I think going forward next season, I I can't see Scott Brown still being the main man in midfield. Well, I can because Celtic won't sign MD to play instead (laughs) of him. But again, mistakes were made. It was tactical mistakes, but... We were one player maybe from guaranteed to go through in that game. If we'd have bought a loaned a midfielder in January that was worthy yeah. of playing in this game, or if we'd have bought a defender like we all were crying out for, we'd have been through because Jozo wouldn't have been playing. Now, yeah. I know the players on the pitch were good enough. They should have done the job. They're a better team than Copenhagen. But it's again like Cluj. If we had had the squad we had at the end of the window against Cluj, we would have went through in that game yeah. pretty comfortably. And again here, one player that can come in and help this team in January, and we didn't bring any because no. Klamala and Sorrow 
we aren't there. Yeah. Is this true though? I mean, I'm, I'm just playing devil's avocado as I, I like to do Dick on avocado. here. Yeah, <laughs> just for the for the sake of discussion, of course. You see that a lot after the game. We have we had the players to go through. And yeah, I can buy that. I probably believe that myself as well. But is it true? Is, well, is, you get what you deserve, yeah. don't you? But yeah, we we did because we pretty dominated. Maybe a bit a bit too far in the first half, but yeah. we we had the better chances. They barely had a chance. They had a few corners early yeah, on true. in that. But they're obviously no mugs. But we we were a better team. We yeah. should have comfortably won the first leg because we were better in the first half. But the worry is. Why did it get to the second half in both games and we dramatically fell off? Now, I know the Jozo mistake, that puts us on the back foot, but is it because Cal McGregor, Brown, Ayer, Julian, Edward have played near enough every single match yeah. they're available for? Is that the reason why we, we, we slumped a bit in the, the, two, the second half of these two games? Possibly. But we really have to manage our squad better going forward. I know now that we're out of Europe, it's a bit easier and we'll get some breaks during the week. But these guys have been absolutely rinsed into the ground football-wise, haven't they? Well, slight adjacent subject to this, but it is relevant as well. So another thing people talked about after the game was, you know, some people pointed towards January, as we're doing here, and said not enough was done because didn't have the players you can say yeah the, the players on the pitch should they get the job done but they clearly didn't and yeah. one one was a major culprit in Joseph Semenovic it's impossible not to single him out I know Neil Lennon didn't want to after the game and that's perfectly fine that's his prerogative that's his job even but it's impossible to watch that game and not look at him and, and realise that it was a poor performance especially in that like the goal there, yeah. the major performance see having watched the game back now after 20 minutes, Jozo Semenovic looked lost out there. Now, he hadn't caused a goal yet because it, would, it was nothing each at half time. But you can tell on his face when he's not feeling confident in the game. There was there was one moment where someone got in behind him really, really quickly. It was uh, Scott Brown gave the ball away in midfield. It caused a quick break. Someone got in behind Jozo. He looked really comfortable and then realised this guy was twice the speed of him and he had to slide in and eventually conceded a corner but you can tell on his face he just like ashen face and as if I don't know what to do here yeah. and it's written all over him after the goal after he conceded this the goal which we've not even spoken about properly yet but it, he was gone he was totally oh, gone a pass and yeah, it was, like, oh. it, it, his, you know it was hashtag heads gone everybody could see it and it wouldn't have been a surprise to just see him hooked there and then because at that point you're just thinking how how much better can this possibly get when a player has completely lost confidence in himself especially when we need a goal as yeah. well we could have we could have brought Frimpong on and moved Ayer inside easily we could have beat on on from so there was options yeah. on the bench for him to come off but well, sorry. How I started this was, was talking about the transfer um, situation. I don't, I don't want to get too far away from that because I basically interrupted myself about three times whilst making it. But a lot of people were saying that you know, we didn't need to sign anyone in January, and even people who were saying, "Look, I don't think we've done enough there. I think we could. We just want to see the best team that Celtic can afford to be on yeah. the pitch." But a lot of people disagreed with that, and that's fine. People, you know, start throwing things about like bedwetters and all that if you, if you don't. If you weren't satisfied with the transfer activity, right, we're not going to go back down that road. But the, I think it was clear that Celtic needed a defender in January, didn't get it. And um, Jozo Suminovic, I think the reason I bring this up is because it's not a surprise at this point. We've had five years of this. And the goal that we conceded directly from 
Jojo's mistake. It's not only a poor pass, but the, the whole thing, the entire thing is incredibly naive. Any other defender in that situation probably goes down. That just waits for someone to run in the back of him, just goes down. There you go, you've got a free kick, you've you've nullified any threat there. But he doesn't, I, I, as I've already spoken about, his head's totally gone by this point and he tries a back pass that simply isn't on. Not only, well, it is on, but he can't make it. He probably knows in his head he can't make it, but he tries it anyway and just just goes to pieces, eventually makes a kind of last second lunge to try and make up for it and it's already in the back of the net. Yeah, it was it was terrible uh, just after half time as well. Just put it out of play if you need yeah, to. Yeah. Just put it out of play. It was maybe something... I didn't think we'd see under Lennon because he's like, it's an easy pass back to the keeper. You should be able to make that because you're a professional footballer. Mistakes can happen, but that not at that level, yeah. not that kind of catastrophe. Yeah. Put it out of play. You make sure you get it in. Just after half time, keep it tight because they had nothing. They didn't really have much going forward. We we're doing fine. And to gift them that goal, Julian does quite well to get back, but... That it just is, unfortunately this, falls over. This will yeah. be in their game plan. Like hope to get one on the break and sit in and soak up. But to get gifted a goal at that is unforgivable. I mean, the guy didn't play at the weekend, which is fair enough. He probably needs taken out the firing line. But after that, get him hooked, get him off because it's not. He's not going to suddenly put in a eight out of ten performance. No, no, that, that, and that's what I said. Like how how good can it possibly get after that? It'd need to be a, like heroic. And remember a couple of weeks ago, Gerard said about Katic. He said I thought about taking them off, and maybe I should have. Yeah, that's your mistake. Yeah, we should yeah. have. We should have taken them off yeah. there and then. Um, with Jozo again, the last thing I'll say because I don't want it to just turn into a Jozo bash. Even though, as I said previously, it's impossible to ignore it. You, you can't talk about this game without acknowledging the the shocker he had. And the last thing I'll say is that we're five years in to Jozo Semenovic and again, you're not really surprised that he made that mistake. He's never fully established himself. And I know injuries have played hugely into that. Yeah. Um, it, his career has just been truncated. It's been stop-start with Celtic and it, it's now come up recently that there's a possibility of giving him a new contract because for some reason... Not Neil for Le- me, Jeff. No, Neil Lennon has been talking him up hugely since he came back into the team. I was, I'm not conspiratorially minded usually, but I had to wonder that when that transfer window closed, Stephen Welsh played almost immediately after it. And then I said on this podcast, I was like, hey, that's all you had to say. If Stephen Welsh yeah. is the new centre-half, brilliant. But he's not been seen since. And Neil Lennon has been shouting from the rooftops about how amazing Jozo Semenovic is. <laughs> As if to say, what were you worried about? But the the, the talk of a new contract is... Is no, it, it's crazy to me. And people have said to me, "Aye, but you know, you need players for backup and and so on. You need to like, keep guys around who have been there and done that." But what I would say about that is, Celtic have never had a problem replacing their average players. They've no, we're na- we, we brilliant at yeah, finding so, very like, average, yep. below average players. That's never been a problem. It's the replacing the major players that could be could be a bit of an issue. But look at look at Lustig. Everyone said at the time when his contract was run out, oh, you need to keep him because you need backup, you need a guy, you keep the guy around for this, for that. The, you know, you may as well give him a new contract because you're not going to sign anyone else. Six months on from his departure, could you really say he's missed? No. Not particularly. And I don't and I'm not saying to have a go at Lustig, and I'm I'm only talking about the Lustig of the last six months of his career when he was clearly on the decline. I just mean like sometimes you just let players go and it, you're fine. Yeah, you're just fine. You move on. You find the replacement. It's not. It's not a big deal. And I think it's going to be the case with Jozo. It's yeah. a shame as well because I think when he came in, we all thought he was going to be the next big thing. Remember the the very brief period where him and Sviatchenko looked as if they were yeah. going to be the next partnership for years to come. 
he'll, he'll always have that tack on Kenny Miller and I'll never <laughs> take that away from him but I think his time is up now at the end of the season we've seen Julian come in he's better Ayer is a better defender I think going forward in the summer we should be really looking to bring in a centre half to probably take over Ayer's position because mm. he's looked fairly ropey recently and um, need to be a left sided defender so it's a position we're going to need to have a look at because the left back situation is not good centre-half, we need a centre-half and if we don't sign Fraser Foster, we're going to need a keeper. Now, yeah. it's going out of this competition is very disappointing because it was a great chance to go f- a bit further than Europe than we've ever been. To think in the whole time Rangers died and came back, they've got further than us in Europe mm, in that yeah. time. Is It probably made this result worse because we, oh, sh- definitely, we yeah. should be doing better. When Rangers were out this league, we should have been getting into the Champions League every year. We had free run at it, but we just didn't go out and buy the players. And again, just one player would could have sorted that. Now, I know that we've said the players on the pitch should have been able to do the job. Manager maybe should have done better as well. But we don't do ourselves many favours, do we? No. Well, on Ayer, he's another one who didn't have a good game as well. No. And he has... He is worth talking about now as well because I think we can all agree you know, that he hasn't really progressed, certainly not this season, to, to be the defender we all, we all still believe he probably has the potential to do. He seems to have all the all the tools at his disposal. It just, for whatever reason, has kind of stagnated a wee bit. Now, we should probably explore the reasons for that. We kind of just say he's turned into a bad player overnight. So why why was he so good under Brendan Rodgers and not now? Is there a coaching issue here? Is he, is he not getting the right instructions? By the way, when I say that, I'm fully aware that a player has, is in charge of his own actions on the yeah. on the pitch. But he himself has talked about how John Kennedy is is telling him what to do, where to be, what to how when to head the ball, when to approach. So, so what's going wrong with him? I think it is a lot of it is to do with being played on the wrong side. Yeah. Now you've said he's comically right footed, and he <laughs> is. And when the most games start, I watch him, and it's got to like. 70 odd minutes and I've forgot to count but I've got it like 70 minutes yeah. and he's taken zero or one touch with his left foot for a guy playing in the left sided centre half now I know he didn't do that in that game yeah. like that's criminal like you, you kick this ball every day <laughs> you're around the football quite a yeah, lot you should be able to do it I think it might be a bit to do with leadership as well like Joe, uh, Julian's been a good signing but he's maybe not the leader back there that mm. we've we maybe thought we're getting just because he's 27 doesn't automatically mean no, he's no. going to be a leader. He has been a really good signing, but we maybe lack, lack a bit of leadership back there. And Christopher Ayer, see the mistakes he's making? They're not new mistakes he's making. It's the same ones he's been making his whole time that he thought, okay, maybe in a couple of months he'll stop doing that. Yeah. He's still going to ground. He's still too rash. He's still diving in a lot of the time. At what point do you say... We've tried here, we've tried, but yeah. you keep doing the same thing. We don't want a flashy defender, we want a defender. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm only being slightly kind of childish about that, but if, I get the feeling that Ayers, a guy who quite likes the applause that a, a big sliding tackle yeah, will get him. Yeah, he celebrates all his tackles. Yeah, ex- exactly. Whereas what we're looking for is fundamentals here. Yeah. We're looking for the absolute basics of defending. 
And that's not to say he can't get it. I think, as I said, that he's got, he's got all the tools there. He's, he's physically imposing. He's fast. He's you know, he's got ability on the ball. He's good in the air. He wins a lot of aerial duels. Check the record, bud, yeah. on that. Um, but he's uh, it, for for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to get the the decision making right. That can come. That can come. But he really needs to start kicking on now because he's not a young player anymore. He's not an inexperienced player either. Yeah, another disappointing thing about Thursday night, well, one of the many disappointing things was the Clues game, he thought, right, we learned from that. Yeah. And we went into the Europa League and we I thought we did. But in this game it just all fell apart. The the whole team shape, the whole cohesion, the compactness was all over the place. The gaps between defenders and the gaps between defence and midfield was pretty wild and we'll get away with it in Scotland because we're better we're a better team yeah. and the teams aren't very good. When you step up this wee level, that's when you get found out and we get found out against a team who we were expected to beat and that is really, really disappointing. Edward Penway though, good eh? Oh <laughs> let's, let's have, Freeze does let, it again. Let's have something of a positive here. <laughs> Obviously yeah, so they get a penalty. Uh, we got one back via VAR. So oh, the first time first ever use at Celtic Park, yeah. Um uh, it's the, the the most handbally handball yeah. you'll ever see in your life. There was absolutely no doubt it was going to be given. Alarming that the ref missed it the first time around, <laughs> right enough, but it doesn't. You just think about that, that VAR's never been used at Celtic Park previously, but imagine that had been missed. Imagine that had been another season. How raging would you be? I know, I'm already raging at the ref for disallowing that Cal McGregor goal because yeah. that was an absolute shocker. I don't know. The keeper runs into Edward rather yeah, than Edward Julian. Think... And then Julian comes in. But I still don't... It's the keeper's no. fault because he runs into them. Yeah. Julian, I know, it could be argued that Julian maybe kind of barges him over with his hip eventually. But you're right, the keeper does come out into a crowd of players and just sort of bounces off them and, yeah. and hits the deck. Absolute finish as well wow, from McGregor. Beautiful finish from McGregor. I know, deserves to go. the goal. bar in the yeah. way in as well. That's what you, what you love to see, Callum McGregor. In this game, we're not going to find much time to talk about positives in this no. game. Callum McGregor, I thought, did, did did all right as far as Celtic players go. There was a, It was a really scrappy start to the game. The ball was just basically it was like a game of tennis. It was just bouncing back and forward. But I thought every time Callum McGregor got on the ball, that all changed and suddenly Celtic were looked a bit more, a bit sleeker, a bit more comfortable. He would just suddenly bring the ball down, move forward 10 yards and Celtic looked a lot better and obviously deserved his goal as well. But um, the, yeah, the penalty itself, Clear handball and Edward steps up. What a what a glorious delivery. The absolute cojones on that man <laughs> to do that. If you assess your team potentially going out and he steps up and does that and see after that for the 30 seconds to two minutes we got after that, the place was absolutely rocking. But on Edward, I thought he was really disappointing in the game. Mm, yeah. He was very isolated. I think he missed... I wasn't too bothered about going up one up top because that served as well in Europe. But I think he missed the dynamism of Christie and that energy of Christie behind him, making runs, creating space, linking up with him. Rogic was decent in the game, but just doesn't have that energy. He's um, divided opinion, Rogic, after the game. I think a lot of people are maybe at the end of the rope with him, but I don't, again, much like several other players, I wouldn't really point to him and say he was the main issue. There was probably an issue to do with, uh, they discussed this in the tactics board as well, how his lack of movement in forward yeah. areas was a, a problem in getting the ball to there, whereas if Christie had played, unfortunately he couldn't, there's not really much point in talking about if Christie had played, if, if Manny had balls, she'd be wrong <laughs> and all that, but... There's maybe an argument to be had there, and 
launching balls up to Tom Rogic just simply isn't going to work. It's the exact same as James Forrest. He wants absolutely none of that. Yeah. Uh, anything above the waist and uh, Tom Rogic isn't interested. I thought he was fine apart from his mistake and he probably did tire towards the end but we had to keep him on because we, we needed a goal. But Edward gets the penalty and when people... I've seen a few people say we went out of Europe, it's not the end of the world, the main priority is the league. Yeah, that's fine. But you can do both, by the way. Because see, if it was less than five points as the gap in the league, then maybe this isn't as bad. But see, because we're 12 points ahead, looking pretty comfortable, Europe is an absolute bonus. And yeah. Celtic, in my opinion, are judged on how they do in Europe. I expect them to win the league every year, but I want us to do well in Europe. And I want us to do well in Europe for the reason that it gives the fans games to look forward to after Christmas, but it also gives McGregor, Edward, games to look forward to. And that's three years in a row we've been out of this competition at this stage. We haven't qualified for the Champions League in two years. Hmm. Do players like McGregor and Edward look at it and go, is this as good as it gets for this club? Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't look like the board want to push beyond that. Why are we getting relied on every year to try and get us through that? Why do we not put ourselves in the best position to go forward? Do you think the last 32 of the Europa League is the level that guys like that want to be playing at? Absolutely not. No, no. There's, there's so no that's doubt. another yeah. reason why you want to you want to progress in this. Just on Edward, obviously we we're we're kind of going through a lot of the players having a go at them, but but they'll scatter guns out. But I don't want to. I don't want to focus on guys who are easy targets. Guys we often have a go at, like Simonovic and Ayer and so on. And I don't, I don't want the the sacred cows of the squad to to get away scot free. The likes of Edward, it was, it was disappointing. It wasn't just that he was he was quiet. You look at just a cursory glance at some of the his stats. Aerial duels won zero percent out of five. Yeah. Loose ball duels won zero percent for four as well. We didn't win really win any of that passing forward passes from Edward. Two attempted, zero percent achieved. So, an, an off night for Edward. I'm not about to sit here and start criticising him because you know, he he did score the penalty and yeah. he, he's been you know, he's been immense in Europe this season. But he he didn't have a good game. There's no doubt about it. But on that, Ryan Gallagher asks in the Discord: the game management after we score the penalty on Thursday should be discussed in great detail. I reckon it's something you've already there's, there's mentioned. There's not much yeah. to discuss because there was absolutely no, there was no, no game. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. No, you're right. It's it's very disappointing to have dragged themselves back into the tie like that, and for it to last, as you say, seconds, yep. seconds, anything up to about 180 seconds. <laughs> we're in it. Um, again, yeah, it's very difficult to talk about because nothing happened. It was just simply a case of blink, and the ties back out of your hands again. That's it. it went, once we get that, it's maybe when Neil Lem was appointed. It's something I worried about that the. Not just Neil Lennon, I think he is a good manager, but Brendan Rodgers coaching staff, I thought Chris Davis was excellent. So when Celtic would score goals like that, he'd always be behind Brendan Rodgers suggesting, do we make a sub, do we keep this tight? And Celtic just don't really seem to have that game yeah. management now. As soon as we got that goal, it should have been dropped, because we were at 3-5-2 at this point, drop back into the 4-3-3, four, four, three, three, and just get ourselves through yeah. the next five minutes because we had them on the rope. They just conceded the goal. We had the whole crowd, the whole momentum behind us. And see if they score, the tie is done. But if we score, the tie isn't done. So it's always better just to get yourselves a breath back. And we've seen it because Greg Taylor was still pushed on 
Forrest was still pushed on and the back three was miles away from the midfield. Yeah. There was such a big gap when they get the ball. They had more players than our half, I think. And we were just wide open again. We should have just dropped into that shape, had Brown sitting in front of the back four, Brown and McGregor screening that, and just taking five minutes, just get the breath back, keep the heat, <laughs> and yeah. go from there. We could take them an extra time because we could, we could easily beat them. We had the whole momentum, but we just felt as if we needed another goal and everybody was just forward, Frank. It was just caught rabbit in the headlights. Yeah. And Julian's passing to Rogic is poor. Rogic controls poor, but the whole team shape is all over the place. It's two minds in it with Rogic, isn't it? I think he's just, it's one of those ones that the ball has arrived at him and he's not really been sure what to do yeah. and ends up doing a combination of things and falling over. It, it was really poor from a guy that's usually great at controlling it, yeah. but I thought the pass, Jamie and uh, Blair discussed it, it was the wrong pass. Yeah. A lot of the time uh, during the game, we are just making the wrong pass. Mm. We were yeah. just taking too long. We weren't we weren't playing around the press or over the press. We were just getting ourselves into trouble and we done it again there. And the goals we lose, these two goals, the third one we could sort of rule out because it was over anyway, but... Masters of our own downfall, yeah. and it's all the team decision and team shape that caused that. The yeah, the third goal was kind of like the Cluj one. The the, the final the, the cherry. It you forget about yeah, it. It doesn't really matter. It was it, the only reason it's worth talking about. It was just again like comical defending, yeah. ludicrous defending. But at that point, you could forgive a team for switching off again when you're the desperation is to try and get something out of the game it's exactly what happened against Cluj but the defending the way we highlighted him both before and after the away leg Damien Doy we've not been able to deal with him he's 35 years old now scored home and away against Celtic and yeah speaking of strikers like Matteo in the Discord says would we be better off with one 6 million striker instead of two off the bench who don't look like they can cut it I think this is more about the St Johnston game because both of them were on the bench yeah. uh, but um, or is our strategy the right one that just hasn't paid off also are they better than our own young players like Jack Aitchison Afalabi or even Harper I, I don't know truth be told on that last part because they've, they've not really played an awful lot of football Afalabi scored at the weekend though for yeah. them filming booked and for was, <laughs> promptly booked for over celebrating good yeah. crush that enjoyment of the game <laughs> right over them early doors but the reason I, I, I point to that question is that Damon Doy is 35 years old I'm not suggesting for a single second that Celtic should be signing a player that old but what I would say is that if Damon Doy was to transfer tomorrow he would probably go for more money than Bio is going to be worth at his peak yeah so it's not always prudent to invest in young players who don't look like they're going to cut it. I don't know. That's not the. It's not deliberate. They're not going to go out. Well, he's pish, but we're going to buy him in the hope that he gets good. Um, just to, to mean slightly off off topic. None of these guys want to blame on the night. No, they weren't. But again, it's, it's strategy. Again, yeah. What would what would benefit Celtic more in the in that game? Having Klamala and Sorrow, who neither made an appearance over the two games, or paying the one million pound and paying Victor Wanyama's wages to the end of the season <laughs> what, what would have been better for Celtic there a guy that comes into the team and look it looks okay now because we're, we're far ahead in the league but the point when that January uh, window shut we weren't any more than what four or five points ahead in the league so the board took a massive risk not getting the players in Lennon City went from wanting four in down to a minimum of two and then wanting some experience and not getting it 
and we could have done with some experience in that game whether it was in midfield or in defence it probably would have made the difference because apart from Scott Brown we don't really have many leaders that are no. organising this team so yeah I, I don't see look Kamala might turn out good from what I've seen of him he won't Sorrow I thought was decent in the reserve game I've seen but What's the point if you're paying two million for a guy and he can't even come on in a game where you've only got one midfielder on the bench? Yeah, and again, it's like, I'm not again. I'm not saying he should be pitched straight into a European game, but it's the, it's another concern with the Scott Brown management thing. He, he is you know, effectively the the heir apparent to that position. He's he's not even anywhere near it. No. So what I said when these players come in is that right, fine. See if they're going to take a few weeks to get up to speed and they're able to make a contribution. I can buy into that. But if it's going to take six months, then don't bother signing no. them because I'm not interested in them. <laughs> they can't really base their transfers on what I'm interested in right enough, but should. probably should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, suffice to say, Celtic have been dumped out of Europe. Oh, um, we, could, we could go on for ages. There's, yeah. there's a lot more moans, but as I said, Friday, Thursday, dejection, Friday, anger. <laughs> Started to think I was over it, then I'd think about it more and just go. I got a text from Big Frank, he just texted me, we dangerous though. <laughs> and I, I can't put it any better. One th- one final thing in the Discord. Uh, the Discord is on fire with this comment. The Wall Show says, Lazio away result aside, Neil Lennon has not done a single thing above bare minimum levels of expectation. Oh, goodness me. He's a... Uh, Discuss. He's consistent with this one. He's not a Neil <laughs> Lennon fan in the slightest, is he? No, no. Um, is, that, is that... That's incredibly harsh, isn't it? Because... Even if I take the the comment at face value, the Lazio away is still a big one. It's still huge. That's looking better by the week. Yeah, it's well beyond um, bare minimum expectation. Going out of Europe essentially twice now is very very disappointing. But I think we have to be careful. But because what is the bare minimum? Because the bare minimum can't be a treble every year. Because (laughs) (laughs) that's not fair. That that is going to end at some point. Hopefully, the bookies would disagree. Hopefully not this season, but. Winning the treble is difficult because, look, we'll come on, 34 games, one in a row, that, that's an incredible achievement. In Europe, we want to get into the Champions League, but it was always going to be diff- the most difficult this season because of the change of manager and because, well, it's not any different for usual. We don't bring the players in early no, enough. No. So we always shoot ourselves in the foot that way. Going into this Europa League group, no, because the Lazio game... Both were absolutely tremendous. To come from a goal down in each game and win them uh, late on was amazing. And to top that group, which I thought was a difficult group to start with, was incredible. Yeah. To only lose the last game where you're already through, already top. Brilliant. But if we had got through this tie and if, with everything else in the season, only losing two games, we're, we're absolutely beating teams left, right and centre here. Juggernaut since we came back from yeah. January. Tweaked it. Lennon tweaked it after he, we made the mistakes against Rangers and he's got a reaction. So, no, it's well above bare minimum for me. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that game in the bin. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, we've probably rambled about that for about an hour there. What we do miss when Jamie's not here is quality control. <laughs> we, we, we are the... the the aforementioned basket of cats. We don't have the ringleader in here saying, shut up, I want to move on to another subject. We just 
drone on and on and on. It's always edited out, but he always <laughs> always says that. Let's wrestle it back to the point, <laughs> and then you remember. But he's not here tonight, yeah, so right. we're not wrestling it back. It goes against logic when the, there's usually three of us in this room, and you think, take one out, the podcast will get shorter. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. The opposite. Anyway, on a more positive note, say Celtic have progressed in the Scottish Cup past St Johnston in a a hard fought fight oh, yeah. a hard fought fight a hard fought game um, it was it was sluggish it was on a terrible pitch but also something quite enjoyable about it, it Gordon Strachan after the game described it as a, a kind of good old fashioned man's game of football so single handedly setting back women's football another <laughs> several years thanks for that Strack um, <laughs> what a ridiculous comment to be making on the telly but anyway I, but it, the, the sentiment I kind of agree with it was something kind of Something quite pure about it. Um, it was again, as I say, it was hard fought. It was Celtic had to grind it out. They were made to fight for it, and you know you can't really fault St. Johnson in that regard. They made it very difficult. It was, I mean, the first half almost nothing happened at all. At halftime, I thought, you know how those fights you get in at school, where eventually the two of you will grab each other in a headlock. You, just, you, that's how it does. Somehow be in a double headlock. And you need to kind of agree with each other. Like, we're going to need to just tell everybody this was a draw. I was thinking, can we not just do that and just pack it in for the second half? Firstly, I'd like to apologise to John Paul and the Salt Market Bus because I managed to sleep in for a three <laughs> o'clock kickoff. Elvino had flowed the night before. I made an oh. absolute rip roar of Apologies. So I was meant to be going to the game, but then had to watch it from my bed. But it was a. I don't know if it was nervous. I think it was nervous because it was a cup tie, but I always felt. Going into the second half, one goal's probably going to settle this. And you know what? We'll get it because you know what we are? We're serial winners at these these type of games. We know, how, we know how to grind them out. We've seen St. Johnson have been on decent form recently. They they got the uh, result against Rangers yep. the previous week. So they were on form. Us going out of Europe on the Thursday, you do worry, but Celtic rarely lose two games in a row under Neil Lennon. But Neil it, Lennon did say they have to play angry. Yeah, they, and we, we got a reaction. And also, on that pitch, I mean, if you had to get beat, you'd be like, what, what is this? But yeah. we got we got the victory in the end. It was hard fought, but I think I think we deserved it. We had the better chances at the game. You're maybe thinking, oh, it's, it's maybe even, but when you watch back the highlights, we had more clear-cut chances than them. We missed a good few that... On a normal pitch, we probably would have scored. The one Edward danced inside and oh, yeah. put wide. You think he's burying that. The wee flick he done that hit the post, that would have been a lovely... Remember Zola's goal at that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Julian follows up and puts it wide. So we did have the better chances. I thought Ryan Christie had a good one as well. It was good mm. Having him back makes a massive difference, as, Huge, yeah. as we've seen. It, it wasn't a great in the first half, but when he, he came into it in the second half, you, you see what Ryan Christie's all about. And yeah, because he's gets, fitter than everybody yeah, else, so he can keep going. So, but we missed that against Copenhagen. But it was a good win, and do you know what? Any sort of winning the couple do, especially going away from oh, yeah. home right. after going out of Europe and on that pitch. 100%. Shawnee Boy 617 in the Discord says... Are the knee-jerk Greg Taylor is now pish reactions after his performance in yesterday's match warranted or are people just getting carried away? Now, Greg Taylor, I, th- I thought, had a, a kind of a poor game against St. Johnson. Not shocking, it wasn't, it wasn't absolutely terrible, I, I didn't think. But I think the left-back situation is a bit... It's, I mean, it's up in the air, to say the least. What I find strange about it is that really anyone could play. Any of the three of the left-backs could play. And what would happen is... 
somebody would say, I would miss this guy. And you could interchange any one of the names. I don't feel as if anyone is ahead of any of the others in terms of fan perception and level of performance. Now, that might seem extraordinary to say, given how, how little I, I rate Johnny Hayes in general, but I don't think any of them are above the other at the moment. And uh, it's a strange it's a strange scenario because it's been heavily invested in yeah. the, the situation. You can't really argue with that. If you if you said to me before the summer that we're going to plough you know, six or whatever, seven million into the left-back position, happy days. But no one has yet established themselves. I go back to what I said last week in that I'm perfectly happy for Greg Taylor to still be playing. I'm going to give him the same chances Bolingoli got and that's more than 20 games. He's not hit that yet, so I'm reserving judgment. But I think I think there's a weird a weird fan perception out there where they just they just want the other guy. Whoever's playing, they, do, they just want the other guy in. Yeah, I think Greg Taylor, I thought he played well against Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. I thought he did. So going into this game... You think right, let's go on a wee run but he's still young he's still inconsistent but again like we spoke about last week Greg Taylor can improve and probably will be quite a consistent player throughout his career do I see that from Bowling Goalie not a chance no. and Johnny Hayes is in his 30s and out of contract at the end of the season so for me unless he has like two or three shockers in a row Greg Taylor's it to the end of the season at the end of the season, we let Johnny Hayes go, we try and get rid of the ball and go, and we bring in a left-back to go ahead of Greg Taylor, and Greg Taylor has to fight for his position, because even if Greg Taylor were to play six, say if he was to play seven out of ten the rest of the season, I still think we can do a lot better yeah. than Greg Taylor. Is it just that he's a better left-back than he is a wing-back at the moment? You know, we we start, discussed this last he's week as well. He's never played wing-back in his no, career. No, he's never done much attacking in his career, and now he's expected to effectively not not do a Tierney because I don't think there's much of that going on now we're, we're well into the post Tierney era we're not really still looking at it that way but I, what I mean is he's expected to get forward and beat players and get crosses in now he's, his crossing has been good but I don't think he's necessarily the best at taking players on and that's expected out of him in a left wing back yeah I think I think we maybe might start to see a wee shift back to the four-two-three-one mm. because we have Elianusi back, and when he's on form, he's one of our best players. Yeah, left back's Greg Taylor's best position. Right back's Frimpong's best position. El Hamid back as well. He was back in the squad yeah, for the first time the since Lazio. If we could get him in as well, even if we stick with the three, he could play in the sit the yeah. one set half. But then it would mean we wouldn't have to play Jozo. The only thing is up front. Griffiths and Edward have been doing well, but Griffiths was subbed in this game and the winner subsequently comes after that. Uh, the Copenhagen game, you've got that chance. Griffiths, you bury that in this game. Decent enough save, but it puts it anywhere else. It's in the net. So I was a wee bit disappointed in that, but I think going forward, maybe the 4-2 back, going back to the 4-2-3-1 might suit us. We mentioned him before, Christy um, comes back into this for Tom Rogic, who, who was on the bench. So a couple of changes in this. Griffiths comes back in for El Ginusi, who I believe has got a hamstring injury now. Terrific stuff. That's <laughs> excellent from the Southampton sick note just back. Um, so, yeah, Christy comes back in, gets his goal, because Julian has pretty much confirmed yep. it that he didn't get a touch on it. Um, and for a free kick, was that 19, 20 goals or something? 19 goals. There's a 19, yeah. Phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. Um, but that goal sealed what, the 34th straight cup win, which is, again, it's again, it's again I, season as well. I'm repeating this now, and it's something I say after every cup game. But the, the thing about cup games is, the cliche about cup games is, the 
anything can happen. Yeah. The romance of the cup, you know, it's a one-off tie. You know, anything can happen, but it simply never does happen. Nothing ever happens other than a Celtic win. In 34 games in a row, and this is why I always repeat it, this should never be allowed to just be, sweat, just kind of, you know, nodded to on the podcast and we just go, hey, well, they won another game. 34 cup wins in a row. And, and we're talking, you know, we've had Hearts in there, we've had Rangers, we've had... Aberdeen, yeah, we've had Aberdeen all the best teams. teams yeah, all the best teams. Um, oh, but speaking of all the best teams, you know, obviously the Celtic go into the semi-final against Aberdeen. Hearts and Hibs, the Edinburgh Derby is the other one. Is it, it's kind of... Is that not a team missing? But do you know I think it's kind of boring that all the, the four big guns of Scottish football get to the semi-final? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the four biggest, oldest clubs that get into the semi-final. But that's for another <laughs> day. We'll talk about that near the time. But I, I, just, I, I just wanted to make another note of just how huge an achievement that is because we're talking over well, several managers, well, not several managers, but more than one manager, several different groups of players Players have come and gone. Huge players, the Dembele, Armstrong, Tierney's and all that. And Celtic are still doing it time and again. We are. And it's, as you say, it's a phenomenal record. Yeah. Looking back at the record, it was only... No replays in there. Do you know what? I prefer the way you say record to me. I just say record. Like a pure tramp. Yeah, just, yeah. Re- record. Yeah. Yeah. There's more of an O in there. I just say record as if it's K-U-R-D. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> so there's, a, there's more musicality to yeah, your voice. Fair it is. <laughs> That record, as we say, is phenomenal. To no no replays in there, only went extra time once in that yeah. whole time. Winning games, Dunfermline was it? Dunfermline yeah. earlier this season, but just to win these games, we've had home games, we've had away games. Is there's always difficulties? We've had games after Europe, we've had games before Europe, we've had people suspended, injured, but we just always get the job done. And now that game, if it was a league game, either probably maybe a draw is all right if we could yeah. get one late on. But I just expected us to score. Not that we were creating great chances, we were creating decent chances, but we win cup games. And I just yeah. expect that we'll win this one as well because, do you know what, we've been decent enough. We've not been that bad that we deserve to go out. We're at least getting a replay. But I fully expect us to score here because it's just what we do. We yeah. get the job done. <laughs> In domestic games, it's an incredible achievement. I think Celtic are the only club in Europe that have won every domestic game since January. And right again, <laughs> look, if we're worried that we, we can't maybe go on and win this league because we need to win, what, eight or nine games. But we've had a wee loss against Copenhagen. Mm, so maybe yeah. that's just a wee reset and now we go on another run. And to get we go again. A, we go again, <laughs> as Mr Stevie G says. <laughs> he may be going somewhere else, but... For them to go out as well was an added bonus because we had the disappointment of Thursday night. They get through on Wednesday night, which probably added a bit of pressure on yeah. us, unwarranted pressure, because the fans fully expect us to go through. Then when they, they do something good, they just shoot themselves in the foot again. Step and on a rake. It looks like it's going to be another trophyless season for them and looks out it'll no. look good for the league. And we've got a great chance to go on and get another treble. And that is a phenomenal achievement considering that the manager, Brendan Rodgers, walked out and left Neil Lennon this. He's came in and he's improved this team from last year. Yep. You can look at the league table, we've got a lot more points. We've done really well here and it's just an incredible achievement to get to another semi-final and just let's just hope we can finish the deal. See away <laughs> Aberdeen, you'd expect McInnes to kick the bed, wouldn't you? Yeah. And then it's Hearts or Hibs in the final. I know that Neil Lennon said after the game that he and Derek McInnes probably wanted to avoid each other. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> McInnes definitely wanted to avoid you. 
couple of big moments, a couple of controversial moments in this game. Now, the, the goal, we've already mentioned, obviously Christie swings in directly from the free kick. Julian is involved, but doesn't get the touch on it. But Julian, again, just to, to, to nod to him, he's just so dangerous that even the yep. fact that he was involved at all, it could have been his goal. Just, I mean, he's, he's been a, a massive threat all season and uh, it's a comparison I've made before. But Julian... He's had these moments. He's had a, a few, a few rough games. A rough games when he comes up against physical strikers. Um, we've we've talked about the, the maybe overly emotional side of Julian's game. But overall, he's been a great signing. I yep. think this season, and it's something we've been saying for a long time now. You get what you pay for. I think Julian is the, the defender that we all used to pretend Boyata was. Not to say Boyata didn't didn't have a good Celtic career. He, he certainly did. But um, I think he's. You can see the the upgrade as soon as Julian came in, basically. Yeah, definitely, he is such a threat, and he does make a good run from this. He starts off in the centre, bends his run, and goes round the side. It's a good ball in from Christie. Difficult one for the keeper. Yeah, he can't yeah. come and get it, and it's in the net. But do you think it was a free kick? The result. Well, that, those are the the controversial moments I was, I was just alluding to there. The forest is clattered, taken out. Um, a lot of people calling for a, a straight red on it. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many boxes it ticks to be a straight red. Now it was. It was hard. It was. It was aggressive challenge. That was wild. It's a, it's a strange one because he he almost tackles him with the upper part of his body instead of his legs. Yeah, he but, catches his foot as he's yeah, jumping over, doesn't he? But it hasn't really, to the definition of it, left the ground. It's not like that Cosgrove one from earlier in the season where he he flew into Ayr where he's fully off the off the ground. It's I suppose it's a strange, it is a, as a yeah. reckless challenge, yeah, but because he was so. never in control of his yeah. body and the well, way, hence why he tackled him the way, with his the way he takes him out yeah. shows that. I think if it had been a red, I don't think there would have been many complaints. No, no. It's one of those ones, either way, probably oh, fair Aye. enough. I mean, there was a few meaty it's an challenges. orange card and a, a strong yellow. Yeah, plus he used to be playing for Celtic, so oh, right. we'll give fair him enough, the benefit right. of the doubt. The other one as well, there was one nearer the end where... Um, Julian was involved in a challenge. Fraser Foster was furious. Um, the, the guy kind of arrives late at the back post. He goes in with a high foot, but then pulls out a wee bit, and the two of them just sort of come together, and Julian has end up on the ground. Chris Sutton in commentary mentions that he didn't think there was much wrong with it because he's trying to score a goal. The ball is very close to the line. You have to go for that. Yeah. And I think he did pull out sufficiently enough to get away with it. I don't. I wouldn't be giving a straight a straight red for that. No, I don't think it was a straight no. red. Do you know what I was thinking when that happened? It wasn't quite head high or anything like that, but oh, Julian's not had the old head knock for a while, has he? No, he no. Went no. through a wee stage of <laughs> getting one every game. But. I may have, he might have had a five-game run with almost no concussions sustained. <laughs> eh? Good good for him. Uh, well, yeah, dispatched St Johnston. Obviously, um, it was... Uh, not a great game, but yeah. not a great game, but also quite enjoyable. I've spent worse Sunday afternoons. Yeah, not a great game, but a good win. Yeah, yeah. In, in cup games and like knockout competitions, you can always improve performance, but you can't improve results. So as long as we get the win and it's uh, just another one ticked off, another game down, go to Livingston on Wednesday, another yeah. tough game, and then next week, St Mirren. And then after that, we have got a week's break and I will Oof. not know what to do myself <laughs> during that week's break. Mate, a, a final dip into the, the Discord, see what chat's going on in there. Uh, Mark Orr, just to circle back a wee bit to the, 
The Copenhagen game, uh, he asks, are you in any way troubled by the speed with which the crowd turned on the team on Thursday night and the level of hostility? Frustration is understandable and they pay the money and all that bollocks, but it helps no one. Interesting to hear that it was striking enough to, for Blair to ponder over the negative impact it had on the team in the tactics pod. That level of bile for a team that has given so much was bang out of order and that prick who threw his scarf on the park, get out, go on, I've opened the door for you. <laughs> uh, well, I know what he's talking about, but at the same time you're at the match you're expecting your team to go out there and perform as best they can did they do that? no mm. did they throw this game away by making mistakes that cost us? yes and that's where the frustration comes from because the first half the atmosphere was good you got in at half time thinking this is good we're going to see something here now I thought there would be a tsunami an absolute wave after wave of Celtic attack. I did not expect us to part with the Red Sea and let them in. Oh, Absolutely I'm shocking. So Continue this metaphor. <laughs> I think the frustration comes from the team causing it themselves. Like Jojo's one, what are you doing? It's mm. very silly. And the second one, you just get back into a game. The crowd's going mental, loving it. And then you concede a silly, silly goal through it again your own poor mistake, your own poor shape, your own poor tactics. I get I get why the people would say maybe the crowd turned, but as soon as they scored, I thought the, the crowd did get them going. And it's again like the times I always say about when you're at a game and the crowd isn't really getting going, sometimes you need the team to get them going. Now, the team did eventually get us going when they got the penalty, and yeah. then they instantly let, let you down, and that's why it was so deflating and it got so negative. I think the fact that Rangers went through as well probably played a part in yeah. that. No. I think the fact that we were favourites to go through, we'd already got a decent result, we should have went out and beat Copenhagen because we showed in the first game we're a better team, we showed in the first half of this game we're a better team but we didn't do it and it was all our own fault. That's where the frustration comes from. We should have done better in that game and I can understand the negativity because it, it was so deflating. Yeah. Nobody's going to come away from that and go, oh, well, we've still, see if you do come away and say, oh, the league's more important. We're 12 points ahead in the league. Europe is where we should be judged and we should have done better in that game. Yeah, I, d I don't really buy into the, the idea that you can just simply take one off because no. because we've got a league to play for. I don't think that's that's the, the case at all. I've I've always maintained and you know, as as much as it makes sense to me, your biggest chance of sustaining success is to win your previous game yeah. and, to, and just the, the mentality that that breeds anyway it, it's gone now and do you know who would never have circled back around to talk about Copenhagen after we'd closed the subject ages ago Jamie he would he would never have done that nope. good and, night sweet prince and professionalism is <laughs> and that is what I want that is what we lack <laughs> it's, it's been like Celtic shape this podcast <laughs> all over the shop yeah I know apologies for listeners it was a bit of a basket of cats as we say um, and that'll about do us for this week it's been a it's been a ropey one it's been a it's been a rocky ride hasn't it really but um, we as I say we we go again um, just a, a final plug for the Patreon obviously we've been talking about it um, a lot of tonight the the Discord is, is a big part of the, the reward system on there we've had several podcasts out since our last Monday night podcast we've had Ranking at the Reserves where Tom her intrepid reporter goes to reserves games I believe you were at this one yes, as well with him um, ranking at the reserves covering Celtic 4 Hibs 1 if you want to know how Sorrow and guys like that guys like Kamal are getting on that's the podcast for you we've had Melly at the Match 
Celtic won Copenhagen 3 oh maybe I skipped that one <laughs> <laughs> the tactics board which we've mentioned several times and the Mystic Tims are back this um, this month um, th- those are the guys who a little bit of a, wee f- a fun podcast they use Football Manager to predict they simulate games and predict how Celtic's coming month is going to come so that that's available to check out as well as all of that on patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims that's two zero. And thank you for everyone to for tuning in and for all the all the feedback we get on Twitter and everything. We appreciate it, even if it's as much as a like or a retweet. We appreciate all of it. If you could find the time, if you could, if you so desire, if you could leave us a wee five star review on whatever podcast app will allow you to do that. We'd much appreciate that. If you want to hear more from us and from various contributors you can check that out at the previously mentioned patreon.com forward slash 20 minute tims but most of all thanks for listening hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.